One of the things that doctors have brought up to me a few times is, well, it doesn't have a cure. And if you don't have the diagnosis for like when they're suspecting that I have something that I've brought up and there's a high probability that I have it, sometimes they don't want to go through with testing me for it because they're like, well, you know, there's not really a cure and the treatment would be the same. The thing is with that is people dealing with diseases or their body and not working and just when you have all these problems, you sort of feel trapped in your body and you want to know what, what it is and having a name, even though it might sound silly, you know, a name doesn't change anything, especially if it's incurable. It still helps you understand because there's just, I've met a lot of people along with myself where it's not really an obsession to need a name, maybe a little bit, but it's more of just, I feel like I deserve it. This is my body. I want to know what's, what's going on. I, I want a diagnosis. Even if there's not a cure, I want to know the answer. Welcome to MedStead Memoirs, a podcast produced and hosted by medical students. The voice you just heard was Laura, and she's living with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, or EDS. If this is your first time listening to MedStead Memoirs, our podcasts usually come in a two-part series. The first episode, like this one, where we explain the medical content behind a disease or condition, and the second, like the next episode, where we translate into real-life experiences with patients and doctors, much like in medicine, which has a content and narrative part to it. So by the end of the episode, you'll be able to understand everything a preclinical medical student needs to know about Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, or EDS, at a comprehension level most pre-medical students can understand. I'm Brian Elliott, and this is MedSud Memoirs. Our book recommendation for this episode is Checklist Manifesto by Atul Gawande. He's actually one of the creators of the World Health Organization's Safe Surgery Checklist. It's a book about checklists, which sounds really boring, but it's really actually very fascinating. Not to spoil the ending, but the checklist can save so many lives in surgery. You can check it out by clicking the link in the description, or you can actually listen to it for free. Just click the link to audible.com in the description and get a free 30-day trial with your first download free. But now, back to the episode. And to start, we have to explain what connective tissue is. Glamorous, I know, but it's important. So connective tissue is essentially the glue that holds the tissues in your body together. Simple as that. It can be loose or dense and has different characteristics based on where it is in the body and what functions it has to do. The main component of this glue is collagen. It's a helical coil, picture almost a rope, and it is oh so important because it is everywhere. And defects in collagen can come in many different varieties, from scurvy that you see in pirates to Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. The different varieties of diseases relate to the different types of collagen, and there are many types of collagen. Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome is one of these diseases that affects collagen and collagen synthesis, which means understanding the basic premise of collagen helps you understand the clinical characteristics of the disease. Overall, there are actually six subtypes of EDS, but a few are out of the scope of this podcast. The most common three subtypes are hypermobility, classic, and vascular, uh, which can affect different genes in collagen synthesis and processing. However, they all share a few overarching symptoms, the first of which is hypermobile joints. Uh, it's this classic example being the, the patient who can bend their fingers all the way back and touch the back of their hand. 
before you go on saying, oh yeah, I can do that. Maybe I have EDS. We're talking a clinical grade of hypermobile joints that commonly causes dislocation and subluxation of the joints. Subluxation is a quick pop out and pop in of the joint, like a, a transient dislocation. People living with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome also have hyperextensible skin, which appears to be very stretchy, like kind of like Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four, except you're, these patients aren't married to Scarlett Johansson. Um, and finally, Ehlers-Danlos has increased incidence of mitral valve prolapse. This is similar to Marfan Syndrome, which is also a disease affecting collagen that predisposes people to mitral valve prolapse. So just to explain what that is briefly, in your heart, you have the two atria on top, which pump blood into the ventricles on bottom. On the left side of the heart, which pumps blood throughout the body, you have the mitral valve, which connects the left atrium to the left ventricle. It should be open while the atrium contracts and close while the ventricles contract, so the blood flows forward through the aorta and to the rest of the body and does not go backwards into the atrium. Mitral valve prolapse is when the valve is weakened and doesn't stay closed during ventricular contraction. It prolapses, or falls back, into the left atrium and allows blood to flow backwards. So if you were to listen to the heart, you normally hear a lub-dub called an S1, S2. It sounds a little like this. Where the first sound, aka S1, is the closing of the valves between the atria and ventricles on both sides. Then the second sound, aka S2, is the closing of the valves between the ventricles and the vessels taking blood away from the heart. Now, if someone has a mitral valve prolapse, as in the case of Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, it would sound like this. Where you hear what's called a mid-systolic click with a crescendo murmur, or murmur with increasing intensity. Anyway, so those are the overarching characteristics of Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. You have hypermobile joints, hyperextensible skin, and a predisposition to mitral valve prolapse. Then each subtype has their own differing clinical characteristics, because they're each caused by a different genetic abnormality in collagen synthesis and processing. So first we'll talk about the hypermobility type. Um, this is the most common type, but even so, the exact genetic abnormalities of this subtype are actually unknown, which is pretty fascinating if you think about it, and is somewhat alluded to by its name as a, as a syndrome instead of a disease. Just going back, a syndrome is a cluster of symptoms that go together without necessarily a clarified process, like Down syndrome is one example, and it's called a syndrome because they described the condition based on the characteristics children were being born with. What we do know about the hypermobility type of EDS is that it's usually inherited in an autosomal dominant fashion, but again, the exact gene source is unknown, so the rules are a bit shaky. It's mainly defined by the characteristics we said earlier relating to Ehlers-Danlos in general, a hypermobile joints, hyperextensible skin, and predisposition for mitral valve prolapse. Often the symptoms are a little bit more modest than the classical subtype. There are also a few other symptoms, but because it's not the best categorized and understood condition, they may or may not occur. The first of which is irritable bowel syndrome, or IBS. Then there's autonomic dysfunction, so the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems are poorly controlled. One specific aspect seen in Ehlers-Danlos syndrome is POTS, or postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. This is when you're lying down, watching the newest Game of Thrones, then when you stand up to get some water, your heart rate goes from a resting rate of 60 to a tachycardic 130, instead of just adjusting slightly. It's very rare, and doctors have to do what's called a tilt test to pick it up, 
In the test, you're basically lying down on a table that switches from flat to upright over and over while they continuously monitor heart rate and blood pressure. So to sum up the diagnosis of the hypermobile subtype of EDS, it's based on clinical symptoms. Remember, syndrome. You need the presence of the major symptoms which are hyperextensible skin and hypermobile joints. This without the presence of skin scarring or fragile tissues, which leads us to the classical subtype of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. The classic subtype is a defect in type 5 collagen, and unlike the hypermobility subtype, this one has been mapped to a specific gene, and the symptoms are even more severe. The major findings are skin hyperextensibility, joint hypermobility, but also poor wound healing with widened atrophic scarring, which is like a scar that's a little sunken in because of damage in the collagen underneath. This is similar to the type of scarring you get from acne. They're also described as papyracious, which means they look like paper because they're so thin. If you'd like to see a picture, check out our Twitter and Instagram. Then there is also a long list of other possible findings with classic Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which go outside the scope of this podcast. The vascular type of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome is a defect in type 3 collagen. The two major findings with this subtype are increased bruisability and a tendency for aneurysms which isn't too hard to remember because it's the vascular subtype. The collagen defect here just primarily affects the collagen found in blood vessels. So they rupture under the skin often and cause bruises. Or they weaken and begin to bow out, aka form an aneurysm. Aneurysms are taking time bombs that will rupture with time unless corrected. Organs are also at a high risk of rupturing in the subtype. In fact, the large majority of patients with this subtype will have an organ rupture or vascular event before middle age. And if you haven't guessed already, it is the most severe subtype. So let's assimilate all this information with a case presentation. A 17-year-old female comes into your office complaining of diffuse and recurrent bruising with prolonged bleeding. Now, she has seen other doctors for this before, and all the coagulation tests were always normal and the events unexplained. So she's coming to you since you listen to MedStud Memoirs. Her mother passed away at the age of 33 from an intestinal rupture, and on physical exam you notice ecchymosis, aka subcutaneous spots of bleeding, diffusely on on both legs, and somewhat translucent skin. So which of these clinical findings are you most likely to observe in this type of patient? A. Widened atrophic scarring. B. Abdominal aortic aneurysm. C. Mitral valve prolapse. D. Lens subluxation. The answer would be B, an abdominal aortic aneurysm. This patient is mostly described as having the vascular subtype. She doesn't have symptoms like hypermobile joints, chronic dislocation, etc. that are bothering her. It's more the chronic bleeding and family history of organ rupture that really sticks out. Other reasonable test questions for this would be what's the pattern or inheritance, which would be autosomal dominant or which of the following gene defects would most likely be found in this patient? It's a mutation in collagen 3. The biggest distractor for this type of question would probably be something for Marfan syndrome, like a fibrillin 1 mutation. But those patients are typically described as that classic appearance with the long fingers and the long slender body, etc. So what can we do for these patients that are living with EDS? Well, the specifics are a bit out of the scope for this podcast, but it's largely about management because there is no cure for genetic syndromes like EDS. It's important to monitor for the high-risk comorbidities that come with EDS, especially in the vascular subtype. Patient education is also imperative, because anyone living with this condition should know when to go to the emergency department for things like pain or other symptoms. 
And that's about it for a medical student's need to know of EDS. No one way to diagnose or treatment. It's really all about the clinical characteristics. The last thing I'll say is that it's often referred to as a zebra, or a very rare condition, which actually gave Laura, our guest in the next episode, some trouble because it took many years and many doctors to finally pick up these clinical characteristics. Listen in the next episode when she tells her story. And if you have any questions or comments on this episode, please message us on Twitter or Instagram. MedStud Memoirs is produced by Jared Bowden and I. Laura Even is our content editor. Music is by Brandon Liu. And thanks to Josh Viner, our head of business operations. Our website is medstudmemoirs.com, and you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter.